Welcome into another episode of Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dave Melton, the site manager at Second City Hockey. You can find me on Twitter at dmelt57. Uh, I want to apologize up front for the lack of a show last week. We and uh, I want to make it clear that we are attempting to do this every week for the foreseeable future. I had a personal matter to attend to last week. Unfortunately, that kind of fucked up everyone's schedules, and it, then it just didn't work out. But I promise you, with uh, no more of those uh, popping up, we're going to be doing these every week for for the next few months or so while we wrap up this season, talk about the draft lottery and look ahead to whatever the hell else is coming down the pipe with the Chicago Blackhawks. And uh, with that in mind, I've got all of my usual line mates with me this evening. Up first, the analytics styling of, of Second City Hockey you can find on Twitter at Jehovah's Witness. It's Shepard Price. The round mound of Chicago bound. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. You're moving moving back to the area here. Yeah, I am. Exactly. I, I don't have to live in Texas anymore. Now, when you hey, say, you dog. Hey, you dog. <laughs> yeah. When you say that you are moving back to Chicago, are you moving back to the actual city proper or just yes. Naperville or the plan? The plan is the city proper by September. All right. Well, well, you got time. And then you can come watch some absolutely miserable Chicago Blackhawks hockey. Oh no, no, thank you. Uh, I'll, I'll stop in when I'll stop in <laughs> well, when my when my well, I'll stop in when my Vegas Golden Knights are about to win the goddamn Stanley Cup, baby. It, okay. uh, yeah. When they're in town. But besides that, we'll see about that. Uh, but maybe maybe they'll be mildly more interesting next season. I guess we could say that. That, maybe. that that's it depends. Fair. It depends on how next week's draft lottery goes, and I'm worried as hell about that. Okay. Well, yeah, we'll we'll worry about. We'll have plenty of time to get doom and gloomy about that. Um. Also with us this evening, he is on Twitter at Mill182, and he is the Second City Hockey, what David Monks is to the Tokyo Police Club. It's Mill Savage. If anybody's at the United Center Saturday and or Sunday, please come see me. I will, will be there. What's ha- is, is, is there WWE there? No, but Blink's playing both nights. Oh, that's right. I forgot that's the Blink182 show. Yeah, Blink and Turnstile. So I'll be there both nights if... Uh, if you're around, let's have a beer. Uh, I don't know how many of our listeners are actually going to go to that, but it is Chicago and it's the UC, so I figured throw it out. Yeah, there you go. Uh, he's on Twitter, Mill182, folks. Send him a tweet. I'm sure he'll respond. It's my namesake on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll have fun with that. Uh, I saw that was a little too rich for my blood, unfortunately. Uh, there's there's things I might pay several hundred dollars for, but uh, I couldn't get myself into that one. But I know, uh, Blink, I, I know those are your guys, so... I will say this. If you wait till the day before or early the day of, they will be very cheap because the same thing happened with pumpkins and all these bands. Oh, just, right. just, you know, well, take, take, keep an eye out. Keep your weekend well, open. Well, maybe, oh, maybe you'll end up buying a beer for me. We'll see. I would love to buy your beer. <laughs> if nothing else, we'll do it at uh, all out in a few months or, or whatever, whatever the hell is coming. Well, we have June AW. There you go. There you go. Exactly. Uh, also with us this evening, uh, she is not on Twitter. And actually, I think she's been gone for the last few episodes. So we'll have to welcome her back this time. Uh, she's not on Twitter, but she's at secondcityhockey.com under the name LBR, where she is the Second City Hockey Bull and Wall of Text. It's Betsy. I feel like I should be saying I'm coming to Chicago soon, too, but <laughs> that's too far of a trip for me. I mean, you know, we're uh, we're going to be here. Uh, it sounds like we're all going to be here now. So uh, that, that's on you. I mean, I do want to go back. I actually had two friends that just moved um, up there. So I was like, oh, that's a great excuse because family, I don't really want. <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, oh, I'll go to family if I have to. But it does sound like a good opportunity for everybody in the group to go to a game. 
We'll do we'll do we'll do a live podcast recording from the uh, from the United Center or a bar nearby. Yeah, fuck it. Let's get a box. Who cares? <laughs> okay. Yeah, you know what? Hey, I tell you what, if there's somebody out there that's listening to this that is independently wealthy and would like to rent out a skybox suite for us, and, and we'll absolutely bring as many people as we can. Uh, just, I you have know, to object. Set, I don't want a skybox. I want a 200-level box. I, I I don't care what it is. Uh, just you know, s- send us a tweet or uh, send us an email, secondcityhockey at gmail.com, and, you know, or just PayPal us like 20 grand. That'd be cool. I'm afraid it. of heights, so I care. Sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry, sorry. Even though I sit in the 300 level all the time, I'm I'm yeah. afraid of points. Yeah. So uh, we're coming to you Monday evening. Uh, game seven between the Rangers and Devils is being played right now. And uh, before we get into some Blackhawks season recap stuff, uh, I, I don't know. Does anybody have any burning thoughts from the first round of the NHL playoffs? I, mean, I do. I, I figured. I figured. Shane yeah, was yes. Jump in with yes. Some Vegas. Vegas talk. Uh, the, the path to the cup is clear. The eh. defending Stanley Cup champion, the defending Eastern Conference champion, and the defending and, and the defending President's Cup trophy winner are all eliminated. Uh, it's one of them in very embarrassing fashion. Um, yeah, hilarious. And fashion so, too. and so, uh, I feel like Vegas. If they, if we, once we get past Edmonton, because it is not a if it's a win. Um, oh, oh, I Connor McDavid is overrated as hell. He does not play defense, oh, and okay, uh, he's the, okay, the best, overrated. okay, hold on, the best in the Western Okay, I have a problem there. <laughs> yeah, he yeah, doesn't play defense. Prove me wrong. That's fine, okay, but like you can root for Patrick Kane, who doesn't play defense and has never had a season like Connor McDavid had this year. Come on. Yeah, yes. yeah, Shay, like, and I have look, that problem with look, Patrick Kane. Look, that's you're you're complaining about the a a generational offensive talent There's not playing But okay, but that that's that's fine. Like just because he's not marrying Connor McDavid isn't marrying Hosa, that's got he's that, got right? that archetype. Right, I don't give a shit. Who cares? Let the Oilers speak for themselves. Let's talk oh, about the East or the Cup. I was going to say, McDavid, first of all, he does play defense. <laughs> He's not the best <laughs> defensive does player. He, he does, what? yes. He, he <laughs> does, but he doesn't get any different yeah, And somebody who likes stats, just go look at his numbers. He's got some good underlying defensive numbers for the past two years. They just... He doesn't have to do it often because he always has the puck. So that's what possession players do. Correct. He tilts the ice like a motherfucker. Patrick Kane, the reason he could get away with not playing defense very much is because he always had the puck in a scheme that played to his um, strengths. He didn't need to play defense. (laughs) McDavid doesn't need to play defense that much. He does when needed, but he's never going to be a Selkie win. Like, that's that's true. And here's the thing. City Crosby could be. Anyway. Uh, you're when one, one way one way directional players don't work great when you come up against a system that's entirely predicated on great defense and who's again for our for forwards are basically all two way and we have two of the best in Riley Smith and Mark Stone um, uh, that they're basically just going to shut down Leon Dreisaitl and kind of make it put them on the top. The you know what? Wait, real quick, the Oilers are matched up with Vegas, right? That word shutdown's doing a lot of heavy lifting right there. I got to tell you. <laughs> also, the problem. David looked horrible in the first round against the old ass king. Oh, uh, that means he's due for a market correction. So, look right. out. is it? Is it? <laughs> is it? That, does that mean? Look, that? I may not know much about hockey, but I'll say this: Connor McDavid <laughs> had the best fucking season since I was four years old of any forward. 
Um, so I'm not going to shit on him. I'm not, not going to say the Oilers are going to do much. I'm just not going to shit on him for the season he had. Like, come on. That was incredible. And not enough people talked about it. Okay, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Right? A 65 team just won, a 65 win team just won in the right in, in list just lost in the first round. Yeah. Regular but- season, regular season, and this is this is a quote attributable to the best player in NHL history. Uh, regular season doesn't mean shit. Well, that's true in every sport. Well, that's true, but also you have to remember, Shay, Boston is the most fraudulent organization in pro sports. Well, also, on top of that, technically, in terms of odds, the odds of Boston with their historic run going out first in the first round was the same as them winning the cup. Like, that's how, like, the parity in the playoffs is so big. I actually think Vegas has a very good shot of beating Edmonton. I actually, I thought Colorado would do it because I, I like you saying there's really the main two people if you can shut them down it cuts the Oilers off at their knees. Um and problem I think problem is they got to stay out of the box. I think yeah, exactly I think there's going to be a problem with that but I I I think that there's I think you're underestimating the power cuz so many teams have tried and very much failed at trying to contain those two players and the Oilers are deeper this year than they have. Yeah. It, it does seem like they have more depth than they, than like, I do the, think the, tw- Vegas the, the 2020 is- team that the Hawks beat randomly in the bubble. Think, the Vegas thing about Vegas is they're going to have an easier time getting past the Edmonton goalie, but the rest of the team is a bigger problem. Uh, not the rest of the team, the forward court, <laughs> because they don't have any defense at all. <laughs> I, uh, like, uh, I like okay, so you know what? I'm just gonna roll with you. I will put a thousand dollars on Vegas to win the series, and if they lose, I'm just gonna shout you out. <laughs> like Our, they told me, they told hi, me, hi, hi, roller, Mil Savage <laughs> over here. I think Ekholm is great. I think Bouchard is good, and uh, oh, oh, I want to shit. Bouchard had shit. a really good season. Oh. I, yeah, he did. If he uh, was, they're, 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 they are nothing comparable to what Vegas has. On on the blue line. I'm not saying they are. They are. I'm just saying that he did have a good season. And then I actually didn't find Nurse. I think Nurse played really good mm. in the Colorado series. Nurse Nurse may may be more overpaid than Seth Jones. Of, oh, I'm not no. doubting that. I'm saying in the playoffs so far, he did well against the defending cup champions, and he had a pretty decent season. I'm not saying that they're better than Vegas. I'm just saying I think you're underestimating okay. them. I, I, I just, I feel I, like if, if I was like, if the Blackhawks were about to enter a series against Edmonton, I would like not be, I would be treating Connor McDavid like the candy man. Like I would not want to say the name three times for Connor McDavid, Connor McDavid, Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid. Oh, you are. <laughs> I do want to throw this out. There. I am not afraid of that man. While this discourse is nice. Can we please just laugh at Boston? <laughs> like yes. seriously, like okay, yes. like we all know Shay loves Vegas, and that's great and good, you know. But like, come on, Boston fucking shit their pants, and it's awesome. Well, I we the they lost to the Blackhawks. They lost to this Blackhawks team. So if there's anything that should have been a red flag about the Bruins, it was losing to that. And uh, also losing. I like, disagree. I disagree. How, how, this how is so? a baseball. This is a baseball thing. They came to town thinking we're going to kill these guys. Let's go out and get hammered. <laughs> the <laughs> Hawks used to do that all the time. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, I don't. But it. It's still like I. I'm still as I was as shocked as anybody when that shot went in for Florida. It just it never felt like the Bruins were actually going to complete the fuck up, and then they completed the fuck up, and it was pretty great. 
Well, it's kind of crazy because the Bruins were still technically the better team in all of those games. They just didn't pull it. They weren't clutch when they needed to. They didn't have the mojo. What, what Were they holding their sticks too tight or what? And then, of course, Bobrovsky was like, all right, I guess I'll play well for the first time in like <laughs> a few years. You know, like, Look, the, the thing is, that city is going to be paying for Tom Brady's at, you know, what they did in those <laughs> Patriots teams for a long fucking time. Yeah, yeah, like every team in that city won, I think, multiple titles. And, well, Boston, the Bruins didn't, never mind. Uh, but, like, the Celtics, I think, did. Patriots they won really one. did. And, they, and the they, Red Sox did. So, like, you have yeah. so many championships in that city that were won. Like, they're due for some market corrections. Like, they shouldn't win anymore until at least, like, the 2060s. They, sh- they should be done. Also, though, the funny thing is, like, Florida had – to be annoying as hell for them. Like they probably all hate Matt Kachuk so much. Yeah. It's, that's, it's gotta that's be fair. hilarious. Well, I, I think just the general thing, um, I'm, uh, I, I'm intrigued to see where the rest of the playoffs goes. Cause I have no fucking idea what's going to happen next. Like I, we have our bracket challenge at, at the, uh, secondcityhockey.com. I had Boston winning, so I'm completely fucked. I don't know what the rest of you had. Uh, it feels very wide open. Like I'm like, it seems like Toronto is almost the favorite right now. And that we'll see. We know what happens when Toronto is the favorite to win anything. So um, I purposely didn't do the brackets challenge for one reason. Um, I've been making more more money off of individual game betting. And uh, I've realized something that hockey is no good fucking pattern to follow. It's a shit show. (laughs) As much as we love stats and stuff. PDO is real and it strikes when it wants to. <laughs> and in small samples, you have big swings. So, yeah. Right. I, no, no, exactly. But I'm just saying, like, it's very hard to predict these things. It, it, I'll it, say, it, I'll ahead, say this. So, like, the of the teams left in the playoffs, if you're looking from net on out, the best team probably is Vegas, followed by Carolina. And that's because but they're injured, though. Yeah, and then and then Dallas. And so do we. We don't have either of our good goaltenders going. Yeah, the, I thought you just but, said your goalie was really good. Yes, Logan Thompson. He yeah, he, he, he he would have been probably no. if he stayed healthy this year a Calder finalist. You could have given so me that thousand dollars. Mill was going to offer. He's hurt. I never would have got to Logan Thompson as the goalie. I, that, that's some at, NHL NHL create a player name right there. Fucking what? what like, you're gonna put put Robin with the Helener? Come on, let's Leonard's like, out. Leonard's yeah, no, out. I know that's what I'm saying, but you just said both their goalies are out, and yeah. I'm like Aiden, Aiden Hill and uh, Logan Thompson. We we won off the back of L- Lorette Brassois. Who outdueled Connor Hellybuck in the first round? We oui, we. Oui. I wouldn't say he outdueled Connor Hellybuck. I'd say he outdueled the Jets' offense, who got fucking mm. like four or five injuries. Uh, look look at what Connor Hellybuck's stats were the first round. Yeah. He outdueled Connor Hellybuck. But either way, I will say, like Toronto has like every like better like in front team has not has like question marks in goal, and every team that's like got good goalies has question marks in front of them. That seems like because like if if Seattle had a had the goalie um, had a better goalie, I would pick Seattle to go all the way. Mm-hmm. That's what better. happens if you keep adding teams. Well, I yeah. just Seattle has a weirdly balanced roster. Yeah, no, yeah, no, they, I know. Like, I remember like, this from happened when Vegas came into the league. A bunch of teams got worse 
Like yeah. it's not that it's not Vegas's fault, but it's more teams equal. Yeah, you add you add another team, it dilutes the talent pool a little bit. But, right. Uh, but you know, I remember from writing one of the game previews from uh, when the Kraken played the Hawks. Like Seattle had like ten to fifteen guys with like like either thirty or forty plus points. It was insane how deep yeah. their scoring was. And I will say, like I have watched a handful of their games. Watching Maddie Benye is pretty fun. I don't know if I said his name right. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of watching him play hockey. He seems like he's the always skating at at high speed and constantly moving the puck and moving himself. There's just uh, it's a very interesting. It's the style of hockey I like to watch play, and he plays that exact brand. So my boy Brandon lay, Tanev too. Yeah. So if the Hawks can get a guy like him at some point in the next few years, I'd be more than happy to watch. Uh, maybe Seattle's got a bunch of fun guys who didn't yeah. do shit on their other teams, though. Yeah. You maybe know what Fra- I mean? Frankie Nazer turns into a, a version of that. I'm I'm here for it. But hey, Vegas uh, had guys I didn't know who's still in the league and have double digits and goals. Okay, <laughs> we've had enough Vegas talk for one episode. Or I met Seattle. Sorry, the oh, same yeah. expansion. No, sorry, I got, I got my what you're brain saying. is fried. We'll, we'll come back in two weeks and we'll see. We'll see if uh, Shea poked the bear too much. But anyway, um, I didn't. At, yeah, we'll see. I don't think so either. I want to hear more poking the bear. <laughs> well, well, we're we'll do it later. Um, okay. Right now, I, I wanted to quickly, as we want to do some elements of a season recap, a uh, couple of episodes, and uh, with the Blackhawks, of course, not anybody else, because allegedly we're here for the Blackhawks, but th- this season was another story. But uh, it was mainly about the Fords today, and one of the, like the, I think we talked about this from the very beginning of the season, that there were so few players on this roster worth giving too much attention to, because in two or three years when this team is starting to turn things around or whatever, these guys won't be here anymore. So there's only maybe like two, three, four guys, maybe at the most that are even worth getting into a lengthy discussion about because anybody else is just going to be traded away at a future deadline or allowed to walk in free agency or whatever. So I, I, I just have a general question for everyone. Is there a player that you wanted to talk about among the forward group? And if the, sh- throw a name at me, throw a, a comment at me and we'll see where it goes. I got one in mind, but I'll see where, where you're all at and we'll go from there. No one. Okay. I'll throw <laughs> Philip Chris out there. I was, well, I figured that's where we were going to yeah, start. I was, like, yeah, I was like, she wants to talk about. <laughs> yeah, so, and, and that's, that's, that's one of the, Three or four players that might be worth. Yeah, talking I, have, about. I have two I want to talk about, but there I I have. Less I had to look up the roster. I couldn't remember who's on the team. <laughs> I have thoughts on Kershev, but pro- probably not as many as in years past. Well, all right. Well, let's Shay. What what you got? Yeah, I. So he finally played the minutes he's wor- he's worthy of. You averaged what like fourteen fifteen minutes a night. Like Something that's like that. that's what he should be getting. Um, I don't know if it was the quality of teammates. I believe it probably was. Kershev was uh, up to seventeen twenty-five this season, actually. Okay, so playing really good. I, I, I take, I, I would bet that a bunch of that was was after the trade deadline. Um, I say this with all the love and respect I have <laughs> in the world for Philip okay. Kershev. I wasn't really impressed with him this season. He he produced sometimes and. Mm. I'm not as hopeful about him going forward as I was six months ago. Even. Yeah, I think I, I I feel like with him, 
it's similar to the way I felt about his play the season before and that I was really hoping there would be a more noticeable step forward and there wasn't. So now I'm left waiting for another off season and regular season for him to try and take that step forward next season. Uh, the thing you mentioned about quality of uh, teammates cannot be ignored because he, they just they they weren't trying to win this season. They he didn't have much in the way of quality line mates at all. So and I don't think Kershev is ever going to be the type of like individual talent that takes a game over. He's probably going to need some other line mates to work off of to be a good top six type of or even a middle six type of player. Uh, but we just we just didn't see that this season. I I didn't think uh, I would uh, I'd be with you on that. Shay uh, Betsy, what about you? What did you think? I think Kershev does all the little things that you want a player that could be middle six to do. In fact, I think he's got uh, he his skating, his skills, all of that is still there. It's just it's not consistent. And again, I don't know. He hasn't never played on a good team. He's never played with good <laughs> players. No. Yeah. So like, and the like few games that he played with Reichel, they looked really good together, and then they got broken up. So. I don't know. It's like it's a very hard judgment that he he came into the organization, unfortunately, during a transition period. So there's a possibility that those skills just will never realize in the NHL at the level that we want. Or the it's been his development's been ruined because he's been playing with crap players for a while. Um, but it's coming up on that time where he's gotta like shit or get off the pot kind of like you know, <laughs> yeah. situation like something Pretty much. happened um he's what 24 now um he, that's so crazy he's been around for so long and he's he's yeah, still that was, that was his third full season he turned he's 23. Still 23 he'll turn 24 in october and he's not like a top like he was a what fourth or fifth round pick fourth round no. pick in 2018 yeah so it's not like he was a high pick so you're not expecting him to have gotten that many seasons um in there so i don't know it's just it's we're at the point where you're like something needs to happen and you gotta hope i hope they keep him for at least another year um if they get some youth in there like if reichel is a full-time person if gutman is a full-time because i don't know if gutman will be an nhl player either but i think he will compliment um the young players uh if they get a good draft pick in the top five and they immediately come over. Let's hope fingers crossed kind of situation. So yeah. yeah. And Kershev, like he played on a one year qualifying offer this season. I, and I assume there's no reason to not bring him back and try it again. He's a restricted free agent. The Hawks on the rights. It's not like they're going to be up against the cap. They can certainly afford him. So uh, it seems like there's, he's going to be back next season. And uh, as you were saying, like maybe some better players, some better teammates at some point you get a little bit more out of them. Like I'm looking at the, uh, the Corey Snyder data for him and like all the offensive numbers are in the red. So that's not good. There's so, he did a lot of good stuff on in the defensive zone. He's pretty good at uh, retrieving pucks and getting them out of the zone. And, and just in general, it seemed like his best attribute was all of the areas of uh, helping get the puck out of the defensive zone and into the neutral zone and the other way. So, yeah. well, I would, is, I would, qualify one thing about some of the tracking numbers the general like offense when you're talking about like shot assists and stuff like that look at his line mates yeah yeah Yeah. if they can't get a fucking shot off then then it doesn't really like (laughs) work out that's what i was gonna say too is that like look at the system look at his teammates 
But yeah, I will not. say I will say his his zone entries were not as clean as they were last year, and that is reflected in the data. Um, mm. But I also think the Blackhawks in general were not as good transition, faster, but not as efficient. Yeah. But they they had a bunch of fast guys that don't know how to handle the puck. Yeah, Mill, did you have any other uh, Philip Kurashev thoughts? Well, I think I just agree a hundred percent with what both Shay and Betsy said about Kurashev. Um, my forward thoughts, I have two bullet points, really. Okay. One is I kind of wish they would have traded Andreas Antonisiu because I feel like his value is probably not going to be good when he's not playing with Kane or Domi or whoever, but he would be much more useful on a team with talent. So that was kind of a stinger. Uh, mm-hmm. Other thing is Hawks adjacent. I'm kind of bummed the Capitals missed the playoffs because our boy Dylan Strom had a great season. <laughs> yeah, I well, I, Washington season was kind of railroaded by external matters related to injuries and such. So yes, but, the, but that's, go ahead. 65 points. I think he had 23 goals or something like that. I mean, uh, shout out to Dylan Strom because we all believe in him. <laughs> yeah yeah congratulations he on did. the money yeah he's, he's i mean insane. i think i think all of us can like over the last few years since i've been here i i think we've all you know campaigned for him so yes uh, our, St- our strom 2024 campaign was unsuccessful in chicago but it looked like it's having a lot more success in washington so i'm just happy for him because that was a weird deal with arizona and then they suck and then the hawks have been pretty bad since he got there and so, you know, good for him. Hopefully uh, he'll be a part of some successful team soon. I'm intrigued to see what happens with uh, Athanasiu in the offseason because, uh, as mm. you said, Mill, like he, he put up some decent numbers this year. It was uh, 40 points. He's fast. He's, he's yeah, fast. He, and it, he also put up some some uh, stats in at the end of the season when he shouldn't have and yeah. kind of right. yeah. grew in the Blackhawks yeah. tank. Whatever. <laughs> right. And well, and Jay, to your point, that's kind of what I'm saying is like, it kind of didn't help the Hawks, but that showed like, Hey, he'd be beneficial to a team who has talent, like trade them. Like, I don't know. Like it's going to be, I think it'll be interesting to see what the market is for him. Cause I think teams will want him, but mm-hmm. he like, it depends on what kind of contract he's looking for. And if the Hawks can throw like, Four or five million at him for a year. Nobody, no other teams may want to do that, but the Hawks can afford to. And then mm-hmm. at the trade deadline next March, maybe the Hawks retain half and they're able to find a taker for him. So I don't even think him at two is what people are gonna. I, I don't think if people would take him at half of three, like this year, then I don't think they're gonna take him at half of three next year unless he's suddenly better without. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, he could he fair. could be their leading goal scorer depending on <laughs> yeah, how the draft right, pans out. Yeah. Uh, no, that'll be Lucas Wright. Don't mean much, but hey, yeah. here we are. No, Connor Bedard's going to lead the Hawks in scoring next season. Um God, God bless us all. Yeah. Uh yeah, I I don't that that is a fair point Betsy. Like if they couldn't find a buyer for him this season and they had to be shopping him, I don't see why they wouldn't have. Um it was weird. I, I feel like, I mean, it seemed like the Hawks traded everybody that they possibly could have. They traded McCabe. They traded Lafferty. They traded Max Domi. Um, they got, I mean, well, the Jack Johnson thing was a unique situation, but like anybody that had any sort of trade value, it seemed like the Hawks did not hold on to anybody. Shit, they tried to kill us this year. Yeah. <laughs> that, that well, was not Kyle Davidson. They didn't trade Connor Murphy. I will say that. Well, maybe nobody wanted it. I, I feel like it's possible. Year. Nobody wanted Connor Murphy. I doubt that. Connor Murphy's going to be the captain next year. Connor Murphy had a bad season. 
He was yeah. bad this year, and well, I don't know if it was because of his. He body. wasn't really that good last year, unfortunately. And he was not too, good which, last year either. But McCabe, McCabe also sucked last year. So yeah. McCabe was good this year. Yeah, McCabe was much better this True. season, and yeah. he might have been coming. And he's younger. Injury. Like I mean, it's we'll, hard. We'll talk. And we about... love Connor Murphy, though. We do love. Him. Yeah. We, we, we love oh, him. Come don't on, we, folks. come on, dude. We'll 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 get to the defense later. Uh, okay. But I, I just back to the overarching point on often to see you. Like I just. I don't know what other teams are going to throw money at him. And I like, it seems like the Hawks are in the uh, position to give him more ice time than any other team is. So uh, it's just whether or not he wants to lose 60 games again, or however many the Hawks lost 60 is probably too much, but you get the point. Is it too much? (laughs) (laughs) I just brought that up because I thought, you know, just like Domi, I thought, Oh, it'll probably be last minute, but they'll deal him for something picks or whatever. Yeah, and I'm like, he's not a like. I don't think he's a great player, but he's a good complementary piece. It, he it can just, move. Yeah, he has I, a little it, bit of finish. Not the, great the, finish. The speed, but. the speed thing. Like because of the way the NHL is going these days, it seems like a player of Athanasius' nature would be somebody could find throw him on a fourth line, and let him be a, a four checking right. right there. You you could plug him into Colorado or Vegas or fucking you know whoever Toronto. He's- He's Stolberg who can finish a little bit more. He has more, fact, yeah, more yeah, more finishes. Mostly he finishes more because he shoots more. Not if quite Stolberg as handsome is, as not quite as handsome as Stolberg, but pretty <laughs> Right, right. But but let's be honest. And I think that's right. Not great finisher, but like I said, a, a little bit more finish. Um and if he's less handsome, if you score more goals, that's good unless you're trying to tank. <laughs> yeah. Then just I, be handsome. Yeah. Well, we're well. We'll have more time in, in the next few weeks to talk about the tanking thing because uh, I, Shay and I might get a chance to yell at each other at some point before the month's over. Can I be the special guest referee? Absolutely. All right. Well, Later, only only if only if Aubrey Edwards is not available, which uh, she won't no, be, right. so it'll be you. <laughs> All Unfortunately, right. yeah, we, I'm not we, we need to we need to see what the results of the t- of that's the that's exactly my thought, Shay. Is we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, at the draft lottery, and then we'll 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 cross that. Because if what I th- if, if if what I think happens, then I have the big I have the best case. Okay. Well, well, mm-hmm. we'll again, cross that bridge when we get there. Right now, we're gonna take a quick time out. There's a few other forwards we want to get to, and uh, we'll talk about that. Do uh, maybe some ice hog stuff, and then we'll, you know, do what we do on the on the food take thing. But uh, a quick break, and come on back for all of that. tries to keep a play alive but the support on the board with Sharp and Kane and it turns into a three on two the fifth on man rush tonight the second goal for the Blackhawks Aaron Ash is a cut flat footed so did Chris Pronger and how about Andy Niemi at the other end of the ice coming up large Enzo for the Chicago Blackhawks Welcome back to Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. 
And uh, as promised before the break, had a few more forwards that we wanted to talk about briefly here. Because, um, again, there's just there's not a lot of guys here that are that interesting to talk about. I mean, Austin, the Austin Wagners and David Gus and Brett Sinis and Luke Phillips of the world, like probably aren't going to be around for the long term. So we're not really going to devote much time to them. Uh, but one player that might be around it, well it's it's one of the more interesting cases with this team is taylor radish who played 78 games this season it's the most he's ever played in any nhl season before this point uh he actually, he played 21 last season uh, he's up to 152 for his career and 78 of them were last season with the hawks so he came over in the hagel trade this is his first real big long look at the nhl and he ended up with 37 points in 78 games now my uh, this was a principle that I applied to Max Domi at the trade deadline. And that if you look at what Max Domi was doing at five on five, it wasn't that impressive, but he was able to, um, the numbers look good enough that somebody wanted to take them. They traded for him. Cool. It worked out great. The problem I, the, with Taylor Radish is that he also had some pretty good power play numbers of his 37 points this season. 15 of them were on the power play. So that's just 22 even strength points over the course of a season. If you put him in with the entire NHL and anybody who ever skated uh, 200, I think it's 200 minutes is the the bar I set uh, by natural stat tricks data. He is down at 377 in the NHL uh, in terms of points per 60. So the rate of production that Taylor Radish had at five on five is not very good. And as the Hawks allege, uh, hopefully get better skaters, um, like next season, your power play could be Bedard, Kurashev, and Reichel as your top three forwards. And Taylor Radish may not get that power play ice time, and he's not going to do anything at five on five. It's kind of hard to keep him around to see him as a long term option. And unfortunately, Philip Kurashev is two spots below Taylor Radish on this list. So the same principle also applies to him uh, in terms of five on five production that just isn't really there. Uh, so I, I again, I, I think Taylor Radish is similar to Phil Kurashev in that um, he's a little bit older. He turned 25 in February, uh, but he's going to be back next season almost undoubtedly. And it's just. Like there, it would be nice if there was other things to write home about with Taylor Radish, but we don't have any yet. And those are my Taylor Radish thoughts. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. Kind of like a chicken and egg situation with the Blackhawks this season. Because yeah. Was it that these guys are just really, they're just never going to hit their offensive potential. Um, and that's why they're five on five. Or is it because the Blackhawks were the worst five on five offensive team in the league? Oh, they were offensive, all right. By a solid few, like like a decent (laughs) clip um, for sixty. So, like it's, I don't know. I I hope that if Radish and Kurashev come back, that they are put into situations where they can do well, and we can figure out if they're good or not. I think next season is going to be another transition year, so might as well keep them. Might as well. Yeah, there's there's no reason they have to fill out a roster. There's and and these these two players are still young enough that they might have some sort of future. And they here. literally have no one in Rockford. Uh, as yeah. far as uh, no. <laughs> Bessie's, as far as Bessie's reason as to why Radish wasn't that good, I think it's a little of column A and a little of column B. Like he didn't reach the ceiling they had when when you know he was getting drafted, but also he played with a bunch of dog shit players. Um, I think he has enough skill to be a decent contributor on a good team, but again. When you're bad, 
he's not going to do good. And when you are trying to flip somebody, well, that's not the best way to highlight them. It's kind of a yeah. weird thing. I, I don't I don't know if I said it on a podcast or if I wrote it at a game recap, but I remember thinking and it was in like March. I remember thinking like I can't think of a single thing that Taylor Radish did that I remember. But like, you need like more bodies no, next year. Yeah. Like there was no standout moments. And like I, I feel like like it's a little bit of an unfair comparison because Lucas Reichel's a first round pick. But when Lucas Reichel, like his Lucas Reichel's first uh, glimpse last season wasn't great, but there were there were plenty of moments in the small sample he had this season where you saw Lucas Reichel do a thing on the ice and it's like, oh, that that's what that's supposed to look like. That's what a first round pick looks like. You, Taylor Radish is to, a, Do you want me to do the first round pick value comparison between where Reichel was picked and Taylor Radish to be the Debbie Downer and say that sure. they're Really not that far apart, so they really okay. shouldn't be that different. Okay, well, well, then, then that almost reinforces my point more yeah. that you didn't see much out of Taylor Radish. Yes, sure. So, um, but like, so again, if you look at the the tracking data from Corey Snyder, it's at Shutdown Line on Twitter. It, Corey's great, former SEH podcast guest. You should all go look at his stuff. the The one area where Taylor Radish seemed to be pretty good was at in the passing game. Uh, he's, he's got, especially it pa- passes from the center of the, uh, passes from center lane per 60. That's his best attribute. And there's a few other areas. Uh, so it seemed like he's more of a playmaker than a goal scorer. And so maybe if you get him with somebody else who can convert those chances into goals, you'd see more five on five numbers from him again, kind of the chicken and the other thing you referenced Betsy, but you know, this, this is where we're at with this team. It's, it's, it's just as hard to have any sort of, uh, coherent, conclusions on the players as it is about the coach because the team was so bad this year by design. So, so yeah, thank you. Uh, but yeah, other than that, I, I, uh, I don't have any other Taylor Radish. thoughts. I, I got one more forward thing to throw out if we're not done. Uh, unless, unless Shay had uh, Taylor Radish thoughts, uh, go right ahead. Well, hang on Shay. Did you have any Taylor Radish thoughts? No. Okay, thank you. <laughs> no, um, I, go ahead, Mill. No. I believe, if I'm correct in what I remember reading, because Tampa lost, the Hawks are going to get the 20th first round pick, tw- right? Be- 20th overall. It's between 20. It, it could go to, I think it, it could go to 19 if Florida gets to the Eastern Conference Finals. Okay. I believe is what I saw. Well, I just want to throw out there that there have been okay players taken at 20. Connor Murphy was actually taken at 20. <laughs> Um, but I will say this, if they pick somebody who helps them out in the future and Brandon Hagel doesn't do shit at Tampa, that's probably a W. Well, Brandon Hagel had a very good season in Tampa. He, he did. It's not, I'm not saying he didn't. What I'm saying is Tampa didn't win either year. Yeah. Didn't win the cup. Like if you put Brandon Hagel on the two actually deep team, like, the problem with Tampa this year was their defense was like nothing. It was Edmund right. and that's well, they it. lost a lot of guys. I think we all agree that we like Brandon Hagel. He's a good player, but I'm just saying, I'm just throwing this out there because now he's gone and it's just devil's advocate. Yeah. We they also see. have a, they have another pick too, at least. So yeah. yeah. So yeah. So we'll see what happens. We could get dog shit. You know, it might be <laughs> terrible. It might, yeah. it really could be. And and like and that and like honestly like the Brandon Hagel trade seemed like the kind of trade where both teams could win in that Tampa got a good player in the short term and then the Blackhawks got 
a couple of first round picks. Yes, Betsy, we know they were late first round picks. <laughs> I, 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 I'll cut you off before you even say it because I know you always say. You know it. what? I'm gonna but, start a band called Late First Round Pick. That's a great <laughs> band. Name. But but either way, like the, just the point being, like the the Hawks got something that could be a long term benefit. Tampa got a short term benefit, and that's like. Trades don't always have to be one team screwing the other. No, over, you know, and so, play good. Like, but the thing is, Hagel's I feel, a lot, good. I, I, was I feel a lot worse as far as how the team was about them trading a guy like Phil to know. Let's, I don't, I don't want to make myself. No, 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 like, no. I'm, <laughs> I'm using that for comparison's sake. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, like, uh, God damn it. Now I'm thinking about that again, but. Let's let I'm gonna run away from that thought as quickly. Okay, I'm as done. I'm sorry, I'll shut the So hell. yeah, I just don't <laughs> I, I don't um I like it's it's still with like with Taylor Radish and the, the picks they got from that trade, I, like and Boris Kachuk just seemed like he's a he's a guy. Like I, I got nothing I got nothing for for you on that one. Uh seems like a may, might be a decent fourth liner on a team that was good, but the Hawks aren't good, so it kind of doesn't matter. Um other than that, like, as I was, we uh, were talking before we came on the air, like I was trying to go down the list of Fords who finished the season on the roster and like figuring out if there's any of them worth devoting much time to. And it's like, um, you know, Tyler Johnson's here and he's going to be here for a couple more, or at least one more season. And he's 32. Like he's obviously not a long-term option, but at a $5 million cap hit, I don't think anybody's going to take that uh, off the books from the Hawks. So he's just kind of here. Uh, and he's playing out the rest of his career. It seems like I, I I don't know what else to say about him. Uh, Jason Dickinson, Jason Dickinson's an interesting one. Cause it feels like there's a decent hockey player in there. Um, I just, I don't think the Hawks have enough depth above him to put him down into the role where he would be good. And, and, and does anyone else have a Jason Dickinson thought? He's like 27. So it's not, it, he's like right on that cusp of probably, Probably uh, yeah. too old to be around for the long term. I don't think he's going to be around for the long term because the Blackhawks didn't think Alex DeBrincat was going to be around for the long yeah. term. Yeah. Well, and, and and when the Hawks acquired him they, to get Jason Dickinson, they were given more capital to take on the contract. So And they all they gave up was Gustav. Well, not Gustav. Was, uh, what's his name? The guy from Florida who d- didn't play well. Uh, Riley Stolman. Oh yeah, Riley. <laughs> that's right. Gustav Forsling is actually very good for Florida. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah a top, he's I know that's why I was. I, yeah, Forsling got good like right when he left. Yeah, yeah. Let's, it's a perfect example of bad evaluation. But anyway, um, <laughs> uh, I was just gonna say that the only Dickinson is like uh, Andrew Deschardins from 2015. If you plopped him on an art like with a player of Kruger's value, like a defensive two way not two way, excuse me, just defensive shutdown type of guy. But then you add a guy who has a little bit of offense, not a lot, but is mostly energy, but it can also play defense. Like that's the type of player that playoff teams should have been trying to get. I'm actually surprised like Tampa didn't try to get him because honestly he would have been cheaper than the guy that they got who was terrible. Um, yeah. So it, yeah. And then they get in like fucking like fleas from New York. Uh, yeah. Nashville. And they got not a good player. <laughs> yeah. That was dumb. Like, I mean, look, Dickinson is basically like another Tommy Wingles type of guy. Like, like, you, like, that's you know said, what? like that, that move for Tampa was, you know, when Bowman started to try to be too, like the, the I, I hate, we're going to bring up Deneau again. Yeah. The Deneau for trash got too cute. 
that was that trade for Tampa. It's almost like, cocky. Like, yeah, we just need a couple of veterans. We're going to win the cup. Yeah. And I'm going to overpay for this, like kind of trash. Like, trying guy. To, it, it's kind, yeah, yeah. Like trying to flex on them. It's like, dude, stop. It's the NHL. Yeah. I uh, agree. Yeah. So, uh, but Dickinson's around for 2.65 million for another season. So he's not going anywhere. Tyler Johnson is one more season at 5 million and then he's an unrestricted free agent. I, I, even if the Hawks retain half, like I don't, he's see going anybody. back to Tampa for like a half a million. <laughs> yeah. May, maybe Tampa will fall, fall victim to their own, uh, to the Hawks. No, he's going to get the league minimum and just go back and retire. There. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, you know what? There's one other player actually, cause he didn't finish the season on the active roster cause he got hurt. A uh, Cole Gutman. I, <laughs> I mean, he only man. played 14 games. Like so it's just, it, it seemed like there's at least, he's definitely a player that's worth another look next season at the very minimum. Yeah, but I just hope you know every time I run Twitter, gut man will be two words. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> I'm just, I'm a little worried because he's only 5'9 buck 67. Like, that's uh, pretty, pretty undersized for a hockey player. Like, I, I know, uh, that undersized hockey players can thrive more, but that's uh, just uh, what's his weight. It's uh, uh, hockey he's, reference. He's it's five, nine, one sixty seven. Yeah. He's a, one, he's a small lad. He's always a lean, but I mean, still one sixty seven is better than, I mean, there are guys who are five, nine and a lot less. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, get, get him some, uh, get him some Chipotle burritos in the off season, maybe bulk up a little bit, but it says like, there's a take them down the demos. Like, I, I, honestly. Yeah. But again, that's another player. There's th- there were flashes of like art, like there's some level of NHL potential here, and they and uh, completely out of nowhere. Like when the Hawks signed him, I was like, all right, cool, Cole Gutman, great, and didn't think anything of it. And then he showed up at the NHL and was like, all right, maybe there's maybe there's something there. Like I I don't think he's going to be uh, uh, anything more than like a bottom six type, maybe like third line, well, third liner ish. Here's the thing. We always talk about context on this show. And try to. He, yeah, he may be small, but if the competition is big and stupid, he's going to win. <laughs> right. And he's that also, often happens in the NHL. He's yeah. also one of those players, at least in the AHL, where there are big players. He's not afraid to go into the paint. and the. We love that, by the way. Yeah, yeah he's, well, he's, like a, he's a gritty type of player in that way, but he has better hands than like at well, least like, in, uh, this is at this is sounding now. very Andrew Shaw to me. No, well, well almost, but that, almost yeah. even Taves in a way where it's like, hey, I'm doing the dirty work in the corners, the board battles, but I have hands so I can win the battles. Yeah. What'd you say about the Andrew Shaw thing, Betsy? I said, I, we always, that's his, that's going to be always be the default. I, it's funny because there are a couple of articles recently that have, instead of defaulting to Shaw, have defaulted to Hagel. Um, mm. And I was like, "Oh, have we moved on to a former Blackhawk that is not huge?" <laughs> Who there? There was just an article, and I, I, I saw the Brandon Higgel reference, but I can't remember which. It was player. Powers' article about uh, Jalen. However, you pronounce Jalen Lipen. Lipen. I think it is Lipen. Okay. Lipen? Yeah. All right. So yeah, you, you and I saw the same headline. Okay. Or, or <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Oh, whatever. we've we've subbed it out because literally Wait, everybody was saying professor in Harry Potter." Yes. Everybody was comparing him when he was drafted to Andrew Shaw. And then now suddenly it's, it's all Hegel references. And I'm like, is it well, just uh, Sam, Samuel, uh, Samuel Savoy up in yeah. uh, Gatineau is, is the new, is the next Andrew Shaw. Apparently. So they're the whatever. same Hegel got Shaw ref. It's like, they're the same mold in other pe- people's minds, even though they're dramatically different players in a lot of ways, but whatever. It's fine. Yeah. That, yeah. I'm lazy. 
but uh, as I'm scrolling down the uh, the Blackhawks stats from last season at Hockey Reference, there's just I, I don't see anyone else we're talking about. Um, there's like like Buddy Buddy Robinson's no. uh, on this. Reese Johnson, no. like they're just like they're. Well, know. he's a nice guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He actually exactly. was not. And to be fair, he was actually very fine in his role. Yeah. Just oh, I thought like, you were going to say, no, actually, he was a dick. I was like, oh, damn. I mean, I have no idea if, like, the better he gets as a player, the more of a dick he is. Like, if that's nice player to nice guy ratio, I don't know. It is a very good. high school uh, way to measure things, but it's often accurate. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I, I, unless, well, here. Uh, I just I, like I, to I, tease uh, because Betsy's Reese Johnson tangents are some of my favorite <laughs> podcast moments of all time. Like, God, honestly, those will be in the clip shows we do one day. And it didn't. And I think you said at some point this season, Betsy, that Reese was actually like when he was at the NHL level, he actually had some pretty good moments this season. In well, his role. In his role. At, exactly. Yes, his role. He was fine. I it mean, just, he wasn't great. He wasn't bad. He just in his role compared to the rest of his. Like, like, like there was a there was a hot minute where the, the fourth line was a uh, Jujar Kara, Joey Anderson and Boris Kachuk. It was 14, 15 and 16. Like they look like a decent fourth line. Like they were uh, really good four checkers grinding, uh, playing that grindy hockey and, and just generating scoring chances. It wasn't pretty, but it was working. And like, like that was cool and, and fine, but you know, it's, it's the fourth line on the worst team in the league. So who gives a shit? Like mm-hmm. they're, they're all, it's all, it's all talent that you should be able to replace in two or or. Uh, four or five years if the Hawks are ever actually good again. Uh, and you should be able to find other players who can fit in that role. The problem is filling up the nine spots above them. Uh, that's where the Hawks are going to have some, that's the more tricky part of the equation. Yeah, no kidding. We, I think, I think what you could take from our discussion over this last hour is they can draft fourth liners really well <laughs> yeah. or trade for them. Yeah. The four, they're, they're the uh, dime a dozen guys. It's the, it's the top three lines get, where things start to get a little more tricky. Uh, speaking of that though, I, I, I said my piece earlier about Lucas Reichel, that there was moments where it really looked apart. Uh, did anybody else have anything else to say about Lucas Reichel before we segue that into some quick Rockford ice hogs talk from Betsy? I think Reichel's going to be a solid middle six forward for the future. Um, I have one. I have one opinion after Shay. Sorry, and <clears throat> again, I think he and Curse have looked good, and I like to see them playing together again next year. Yeah, I like. There was. Uh, I, I think the the thing you said, like middle six, like I think that's a good distinction in that, um, like Reichel's, like he might like play on your top line in moments, but. I, I don't. He's not going to be like the that like star level player. I don't think. No, that's. I think you you hope that that's Frankie Nazer in the in in the uh, and, 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 yeah, among others. Like there, there should be more than just that one. But and that's not a bad thing. Like I I feel like like it's like the role of like Patrick Sharp, not in, not necessarily like the type of hockey player, but more in that Sharp was. Like I, I don't know if Sharp was ever really a top line guy, but he was really really good on the second line, and I think that's where. You would like Lucas Reichel to be. Almost. You didn't define. You didn't define Taves as the top line. I gotta say, there yeah, was yeah, line, that, that, that yeah. That line. Well, yeah. I think it's hard to. I, to, I think that's. I think as I was saying line, it, I, I think era. as I was saying it, that was less. I was talking myself out of it as I as soon as I said it. So. Yeah, I, don't, I think. I think so you're I, thinking. I, I think this is the distinction. Sharp wasn't the driver of that line. He was a very good complement to it. 
He, yeah, in I, terms of ice time, was the top on that side versus Kane and Hosa were flipped, even though Hosa was on the top line. He was technically the two left wing. Okay. I think Dave's point is it's not the red wedding line. It's not the Kane, Taves, Sharp. It's more like when Sharp was on the third line, like when Kane was playing with Versteeg and Richards and Taves was playing with Hosa and uh, Saad. So like the Sharp, Tave over Met line? Yeah, like that land of misfit toys, but we're gonna fuck you up anyways. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just like yeah, I, I think like there, there's like Lucas Reich is going to be seems like he's going to be a good hockey player, and I don't want to diminish that, but I feel like there's there's like a mild pumping of the tires of his that like I I don't think like it, it's like trying to oversell what he's going to be, and like he's not going to be like he's not replacing Patrick Kane's production in the lineup. He, that's not what he is. That's hopefully what Connor Bedard does. Like that's so it's trying to it's trying to set the proper uh, expectations that if Lucas Reichel doesn't show up and drop 80 points next season, people don't be like, well, what the fuck? Like, that's not what he's going to be. We don't think if he is cool, not a not a bad thing if he uh, over uh, over reaches over his ceiling. But um, I think Tara Vinen is actually a decent comparison. I think Tara Vinen is actually a little bit better at the same age like he developed like his um development curve was steeper um but if he like that's the top end you're thinking for Reichel like that's if he hits Teravinen levels you've hit his peak anything a little bit below that is still good anything below that is a slight miss I mean you again he wasn't picked in the top half of the first anything after a certain pick is just the probability of them being a top six player is low yeah, and Tavo there are had, hits, but there aren't. But and, and Tavo had a seventy-six point season, was his career best, and he had three more in the sixties. Like that, that feels like that's kind of the area where Lucas Reichel ideally ends up. That seems like that's where he's kind of projected to go. Uh, they're going to need other guys to get into the eighty and ninety point range. Um, so, and yeah, and and Tavo was a uh, the number eighteen pick overall, and Reichel was twenty, I believe. Seventeen. Shit. Yeah, I was going to say he was. <laughs> Damn it. All right. Well, there you go. But like he was one before Tavo. So that like that's 60 point range feels like that's that's the sweet spot for Reichel. Maybe he gets there next season. Maybe it takes him another one or two. But there you go. Uh, any any other Reichel thoughts before we let Betsy tell you everything awful that happened with Rockford the last uh, couple of games? <laughs> it's not the last couple of games, the last couple of months. <laughs> Sorry. OK. All right. Well, I, I didn't hear any objections from Shea or Mill. Maybe they're watching AEW clips. So, uh, Betsy, uh, go go right ahead, and we'll uh, we'll see where this portion goes. For the record, I'm opening up a beer, ready to listen to Betsy go <laughs> off. So, okay. So there. So my my pet peeve with the Ice Hawks is that Davidson made this big pitch about how they were going to go out and get vets to help and build it up and all this other stuff. But the problem was they didn't get good vets. They got like a couple, like they got like three good vets and they're the top scorers. You've got uh, Dave Gust, um, Brett Sini and Luke Phillip. They've been great for them. And they, and they got, and the reason they got these guys because they wanted to make the playoffs because it was so important to have Lucas Reichel and other prospects play Calder Cup yeah. playoff games, yeah. apparently. And then, and then they picked up Joey Anderson, who is a good AHL player. I don't know why he was in the NHL the whole time, but whatever, he was there. And then um, Grimaldi, uh, Rocco Grimaldi, also a good AHL player. So they, they totally bolstered their top six after getting rid of 
Secure, who's a pretty good uh, HL player, and Slavin, who's a pretty good HL player. Um, but their bottom six is trash. Um, <laughs> and they only have three pros- like players that you could legitimately claim to be prospects, and one of them isn't really. It's Reichel, you got Tepley, and then you Mike Mike Hardman. And like three, I, three among the Fords, you're saying? Yeah, that's it. And we can already say that Mike Hardman's probably been written off. Um, he's getting older. He got already got like uh, passed over for Reese Johnson, and they're practically the same archetype of player. Um, and then Tepley's a little bit older too, and he had uh, a weird season. Interestingly, during the time when the rock, when I, the Ice Hogs were actually playing well, he was not. And then when they weren't playing well, he was. Um, so he had like the reverse of the rest of the team. Yeah. I forgot Michael Tepley was still in the organization and it feels like he's not in the long-term plans. Well, really. I, yeah, I mean, it's weird, but he's actually played better than Reichel has these playoffs. Like that's the, pro- so Uh-oh. the problem is that with this depth of lack of four depths, Last year, too, it's very, very easy for their opponents to go, okay, there's one, maybe two lines that we have to worry about. Shut that line down. Last year, they looked like Texas literally, uh, Texas and Chicago just were like, sit on Reichel. And it worked almost with the Stars last year. The Ice Hawks still got past them. But for Chicago, it was so deep, it was really easy for them to just sit on the couple of good players and boom, it was done. This year... Iowa tried to do the same thing. They shut down mostly the um, Reichel line. uh, And then they only got, they got scoring from Tepley and Buddy Robinson for some reason. And then, (laughs) then Texas this year, Texas is like a deep team this year. So they're like, we're going to sit on these top two lines. And sure enough, there's nothing that Rockford can do because the rest of the lineup is terrible. The defense is decent. Like you've got kids in there that can play. Obviously um, the best guys are Isaac Phillips, um, Alex Vlasic. And then I would say Regula usually, but he's not, he hasn't been having some good games. Um, Roos has been having better games than him. Galvis has been a little bit better than him, Um, but they can't offense on their own. Like offense. (laughs) Like, I mean, when, when Vlasic who has done better this year offensively, like he's become more well-rounded, but it's never going to be his strong point. He's always going to be about shut down when he is one of your leading scorers in the playoffs. That's not a good thing. He's not meant to be a headman. He's not meant to be (laughs) Duncan Keith. That is a bad thing. So a lot of Rockford's problems is, construction and the fact that they tried to be like, we're going out and we're going to construct a good team of vets to go around these players. And it's like, first of all, you don't really have any prospects. And then two, you didn't get the right types of vets. And then also, I don't think the coaching has been very like, why are you keeping the same lines after Texas shut you down so well? Like that's weird. There wasn't any uh, in-game adjustments. Why would you do that? Start so, putting Kepley and Reichel together because they were good in the regular season. I don't know. They have one more game, probably, because it looks like Texas <laughs> was, is going to sweep them. <laughs> yeah, it's, they're in a best of five series. They lost the first two on Friday and Sunday. And in convincing, game, convincing manners. And then game three is Wednesday, correct? Yeah. So, so, so this podcast will come out on Tuesday. So 
uh, you know, if you, if I, I but it's in te- Iowa, excuse me, not, they're yeah. not playing Texas. They are playing Texas. They played Iowa in the first round. That's right. Okay. Um, I will say this. Um, Soderbloom has been doing what he can. Um, he was really good against Iowa. He was really good in game one. He let in one really bad goal in game two, but the, the other ones were not. Also, there were two empty netters, so like the goals against look worse than they are. Um, but he's been he's been fine, so I'm not he's been good. And then the, the two top defenders have been great. Reichel doesn't have a point. He has yeah. not looked the best. Um, he looks fr- he looked really frustrated in this last game. And uh, Sorensen said after game one at least that it he needs to be better. Like he just was very like. He's inconsistent. And I was like, well, yeah, but you could also like try other things. Yeah. And, and weren't there weren't there a few plays where Reichel like threw a puck to the middle that was not it was an ill-advised attempt to center the pass because or center the puck because there was none of his teammates there and it led to a counter and a goal the other way? Yeah, it's weird because like in the NHL, Reichel will have these moments where you're like, all by himself, he looks damn good and you're like if that had been a goal that would have been a highlight across the you know hl networks and then you have him playing with the line mates and you're like why can't they connect and it's he didn't play with either one of them he's playing with grimaldi and anderson and they've they never played together this is their that was their fourth game ever together so it's weird it's a weird situation with brand new players dumped in them and i don't they're also not (laughs) They're not a good offensive team like the Blackhawks. Um, they're not a good possession team. They're better defensively than they were last year um, and, by and, like a decent margin. And and I think all of this is leads to the like the long term concern I still have with this team and this organization, and that there are going to be a lot of prospects coming through over the next few years who are not going to go straight to the NHL and they might need a season or two to transition to professional hockey. And it doesn't sound like there's like, again, we, we can have the, haven't developed the defenseman since Nicholas Jalmerson. And then like Lucas Reichel seems like he's going to emerge as a developed forward at some point, but he was also a first round pick. You need some second and third and fourth round picks to develop into NHL players and the Hawks haven't really shown an ability to do that in the last decade, which is why they are where they are right now. So, and, and it doesn't seem like there's any indication that that has changed so far. This no. is our this is our concern. The inter- So, who's going to be playing next year? So you've got Jalen um, Lipin. Lipin. Uh, Colton Dock is probably coming over. Um, you've definitely got uh, Ryder Rolston, Paul Lewinsky. Gavin Hayes, all of those guys probably, uh, how do you say, anti-Sarella? So they're going to have way more forward prospects than probably since like the free Brandon Puri days. Okay. Um, (laughs) Free Brandon. uh, I'm trying to think, like there's probably going to be more um, guys signed, I'm sure. But yeah, there's, It'll be interesting to see how it works next year with a bigger forward group of prospects because you're going to hope that they like something happens. Like you got to hope, um, and they'll still have the same. They they resign Cini and I think and and Philip and Gust, so they still have their trio of actual decent 
Um, like guy, guys who will, who will produce at the AHL level yeah. at the And Joey Anderson, now. as long as he doesn't play in the NHL, he will be good down there. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, it's just, there's, you know, it's, it's all the mid tier guys, uh, like, you know, and, and they're not the same types of players necessarily, but it's the, the Bickles and the Versteegs of the world that took some time in the AHL to find their footing before they came up to the NHL. And, uh, we, uh, I, and, and like, that's like the Ford thing in particular is kind of scary just cause you know, they have, they have 86,000 defensive prospects and, and there's so, and there's only six spots at the NHL level for all of them. They don't really have like that many forward prospects. Like you have Reichel and Kershaw. Well, Kershaw's not really a prospect anymore either. Um, but beyond that, it's like, it, it's, you know, they, they have, they have names down there now, like the Lewinsky and Hayes and Nazer and all that. But um, you know, they're not, they're still they're still a good ways away from the NHL level, so. Ugh. Yeah, I'm just not super confident, having been really focused on the the Ice Hogs the last two years, um, like really extra focused. I'm not super confident that they have a development path. There's a reason that they hadn't developed defensemen since John Merson, and part of that was Dent. And honestly, I don't think like that entire system was great. And it's like, I don't know if they have it set up yet either. Like I was literally just waxed their whole coaching staff in the AHL because of <laughs> who getting swept. Who was the last four the Blackhawks developed? Alex like, doesn't count. He came straight through. He didn't. Does Phil Gersuff count? I've not yet. Cause I, I don't I, like I Shaw, but Shaw only, so Shaw and Sod are really weird examples. Cause they only spent time in the AHL because of the, Lockout. Kruger. Kruger, I, did he come over straight from Europe? I don't think he played in the AHL either. Yeah, I don't. Boland played in the AHL. Yeah, but can we go back more than a day? Like, this is. Well, Tara, we might have to. So they did. They sent down, like, they always like to say, oh, we sent, like, Tara Vinen down and we sent um, uh, Schmaltz down. And, like, but they were down there for, like, half a season at most. It's, it's, uh, it's like, like did, did, it's trying to find somebody who spent, like, at least an entire season with the Rockford Ice Hogs, <laughs> and then came up to the NHL level and was to, like, on the team for a while. And to I be fair, to <laughs> be fair, uh, this argument matters more to me when it comes to goaltenders and defensemen. And I'm not saying it doesn't matter yeah. to develop forwards, but oftentimes those guys, they play in other leagues or overseas, and they, they're more often half-ready. It Yeah, it is like the, the developmental path tends to be longer for defensemen and longest for goalies at that and is we know sure fair. as shit that they can't develop defensemen we all know that <laughs> well yeah well they got they've got like 36 of them right now so some uh, the quantity i think seems to be the uh yeah. the, the motivation at the moment right now i'm not saying that's a bad question because you should be able to take a guy because we talk about all these fourth liners who are decent well take one of them and develop right yeah but I think part of it is they were on all these runs and then they went to dust. So we'll see. But like they haven't made the playoffs, uh, asterisk included here, since 2017. So that is one, two, three, four, five, six full seasons where like That's somebody true. should have come up at some like How? it's it's getting to the point where like when we reference the prior runs, like those are getting pretty goddamn far okay. in the rearview mirror. So that was that was seventeen, right? 17 was the last playoff year. Yeah. All right. I don't give a shit about 20. Don't care. 
Right. No, me neither. But I'm just looking something up real quick. I can tell you since 17 that 19 of the 50 draft picks have been defensemen. Um, which <laughs> that's, is okay. That's what I was about to look up. Yeah, I mean, I so I'm writing the article on the rookie defenseman, so I literally have that stat in my brain. Um, <laughs> but it's not even Tiny. just it's not just the that they drafted quantity of them. It's also um, eight of their top fifteen first or second round picks were defensemen, and that included four of their of the six top pick. Like their very first pick was a defenseman in four of their six drafts. So yeah, they weren't picking forward, so they. It was. It hurt them. They 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 did a good job of quantity and quality for defensemen, and it still hasn't worked out yet. You got to hope it works because they're getting some that are going to impact. They just did, haven't done that for forwards quite as much. Okay, so yeah, like my my quick just follow up to that is the Hawks have obviously been drafting defensemen, trying to. They were drafting many defensemen, trying to fix their problem when they were still competitive, and they had forwards. But it doesn't really work like that. Like, if you look at how they built their team that won, they kind of established their defensemen first with their, you know, obviously high-end forwards. That's sort of how it tends to go. Not always. Colorado's kind of different. But I think that's that's kind of where the Korchinski pick is supposed to be. It's not, hey, another defenseman. It's like, no, this is ground zero. That's yeah. the way I look at it. Yeah, like Keith and Seabrook were – like the first two guys to get called up, I think, among all of them. So, Right, and they did that. draft other guys that just didn't always pan out. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I think the answer to the question of who was the last forward that the Blackhawks drafted and spent time in the minors and then had a decent NHL career is actually Ryan Hartman. Yeah, that's right. I was literally looking him up because I was like <laughs> – but he didn't I, actually – he did well in Rockford – did okay for a minute in the Blackhawks and the Blackhawks gave up on him yeah. and he went on to do well in other. Uh, yeah. He, he had his best career. I the do best moments say, of his I career were in Minnesota. I was a big Hartman take, fan. So I was a little bitter still about that. I am going to take this moment to be do the, I was there game thing. Well, uh, it wouldn't I be was, a podcast without one. Right. I was at a game where Ryan Hartman had five points. Was that the season opener against Pittsburgh? Yeah. That was the yeah, first. That was, uh, that was the first game recap I ever wrote for Second City Hockey. Uh, I I it was that was the street. Just think about let's go. How little they got back for the other like the people on that line that that destroyed that game. Kane bet practically nothing. Um, Schmaltz still Schmaltz nothing at this point. Um, and now Pershev is the only thing left from. Because Bodan is gone um, from the picks that were Hartman, because the Swedish guy was never going to be a thing, and that was always a bad. <laughs> Victor, I do Victor, Ed, Victor Edsel? Yeah, who can't? Oh, egg, oh eggshell. <laughs> egg, um, yeah, eggshell. Never, for, had uh, the, never had the skates to be in North America. Sorry. Just, just for nostalgia's sake, uh, I saw eggshell play in that fucking the game where the attorney played goalie. Oh, um, Scott Foster. Yeah, I was, <laughs> was at that game too. Scott Foster um, was an accountant. Uh, accountant, sorry, not attorney. Whatever. Who <laughs> cares? Um, oh, but uh, oh, he's wow. an NHL. Wow! NHL. Wow! What? She, my what? father was an attorney. <laughs> I respect. <laughs> hey, my my Shay, mom is a lawyer too. <laughs> Shay, Shay, I have about six attorneys in my family. I respect what they do. I'm just talking about this guy that I don't know. 
Um, <laughs> I, I just don't. I I only know him from playing hockey, from watching him play hockey. But uh, I'm not. I'm not discounting what attorneys do or have to go through. I I I respect that. I get it. I almost did that. But also, also, uh, also, Shay. I thought your reaction was to what just happened in the Devils Rangers game, which was Jacob Truba just blowing up Timo Meyer and my Meyer's head was down uh and Truba comes in and it's it's yeah, of course I, it, it was it of looks like Truba it did that. they're down by two goals yeah. <laughs> look I, I'm of course Jacob Truba's turning the dirty play yeah because he's captain shit as my brother calls him um <laughs> I have just two things to say first of all I respect not only attorneys I just respect accountants uh because it's both <laughs> those are hard jobs um not equal jobs, maybe, but hard jobs. I just meant that I only knew the guy in the context of watching him play hockey. Uh, second, secondary is for reminiscence and nostalgic sake. Dave, you covered that game. So do you remember Patrick Sharp's vintage breakaway he had in that game? No. He had like an old school Sharp moment where he cut loose and just burned everybody. We were like, damn, old man Sharp coming out. Oh, yeah, that was that was the Patrick Sharp's uh, victory lap season. I forgot about that. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Well, oh, hey, real quick, Shay, did you want to have any uh, Rockford Icehogs thoughts before? (laughs) I know we. No, no. Okay. (laughs) Um, I like the color scheme, but it's very similar to another one. (laughs) <laughs> there, we, there we go. You, you're stealing Mills bit now, talking about uniforms instead of. They took yeah. the stick out of the, the hog's mouth this season. That's yeah. kind of lame. Yeah. yeah, I, I, I yeah, we've. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I'm through through that conversation. Like, I have all of the same fears that, like, they're they're like always looking under the surface that this whole plan is going to go to shit because there's there's a fundamental flaw within the Blackhawks organization that has not been fixed. And it's still, there's still part of me that cannot shake that doom and gloom thought. And it really sucks. And, and sometimes it lurks under the surface and I, I don't have to deal with it. And then sometimes we talk about the Rockford ice hogs for 10 to 15 minutes and it comes up and now I'm dreading the next five years again. So well, if anybody's listening to this before we get done, if you have the Rockford ice hogs, uh, Hispanic heritage night, <laughs> and you're willing to sell it to me please tweet or email me there you go. i'm really very i've been looking for that jersey for about 12 years hey oh hey while we're on the topic of uh, uh apparel uh if you visit secondcityhockey.com at along the navigation bar at the top of the page there is merch for second city hockey with our awesome logo that betsy's co-worker amber made for us um, if you want to pick up some merch and help support us, we would greatly appreciate it. Um, it's very sick looking, by the way. It's, it's, it's very, very cool. Stuff. It's very sick looking, as the kids say these days, I'm sure. Um, so uh, so if you want to help g- grab some of that and support us, we'd much appreciate it. But real quickly, before we get out of here, we want to maintain our uh, title as the best food themed hockey podcast on the Internet. I have a very simple food take. It's, it's more of just like an exploration that I want all of us to do together. Um, and, and the thought is what is the best form of, or what is the best way to consume a pretzel? I, I, we're talking like hard pretzels, soft pretzels, pretzel, soft pretzel pretzel with cheese. See, I, eh, I've been going back and forth on this because I really think it's a good, because I, I mainly this came up because I, as I was eating a bag of sourdough nibblers. No, no, okay. Dang. Okay. you cannot okay. say that those are the best pretzels. I, I, have, 
I have a, a real answer, and then I have like a realistic answer. Okay. Go. Well, the best pretzel, best pretzels I've ever had were in Dollywood in Tennessee, and um, they had like the soft pretzels, but they were one was filled with pizza filling, and one was like filled with cheese. They're amazing. Uh, but realistically, I'm many times have drank one or two too many at a game. And if I had to get a soft pretzel with cheese and salt just to bail me out. So I see. I I I really think it's most like like we can pick a specific type of pretzel. Like uh, it's in the hard pretzel world is where I think I'm at because I just well, those I, are good too. It's I I really like I like if I think pretzel bread is outstanding. Like uh, you get a good burger or uh, any of the uh, any barbecue places that put brisket or whatever on a, a pretzel yeah. bun. That is, that's course. outstanding. Yeah. Pretzel but, buns because, like, because pretzel bread is also technically a so, it's just a soft, a soft pretzel. pretzel. <laughs> but, yeah. and, and, and if you put a cheeseburger on a, on a, on a pretzel bun, that's technically just adding meat to a, to a to soft pretzel with cheese. I what agree. are we doing here? I agree. That's no, the but, best pretzel. No, I, I don't I, like soft pretzels at all. <laughs> Y'all are just wrong. They're warm and they're soft. Hey, and hey, tasty. I said soft pretzels. I will eat them. Wait. Literally, I I went into work my my like work office for the first time since I don't know December or something, and I didn't go in for work. I went in to see like coworkers that couldn't get away because they were strapped to their desks. But and they had free pretzels, and I got one. But it was just because it was free. If I had to pay for that, I was not going to get it. It's like the office so, when they have pretzel day. <laughs> it was pretzel day. <laughs> that's um, awesome. That's what they're doing. They're like, "Hey, please come into the office. We're giving you free stuff." And you're like, "Okay, pretzels are not gonna." Lure me he's in. just out here pulling a Stanley. Like I like pretzel day, <laughs> even though I don't like them. Yeah, <laughs> the best best pretzels are pretzels covered in something. Um, hard Ooh. pretzels covered in yogurt, Ooh. white chocolate. Like the sour, okay. The sour. Like, this one. is one that are sweet and salty. I hadn't I, even considered like the chocolate covered pretzels and things like that, and that's yeah. pushing me even further away from the okay. soft pretzel world. But how about pretzels? Uh, so they make the ones that are like dusted and stuff. I'm all about the buffalo <laughs> flavor. Honey mustard's good. I mean, it depends on what you like. Yeah, I I still just there, there's something about like I was I was at a bar. You dip that, them. I was at a bar that went uh, like had like on the instead of having like uh, it just had pretzels for everyone at the bar for you to eat while you're snack on while you're drinking. And like, it's just, it's because such a great pretzels and beer are so good. <laughs> it's and maybe, maybe that's part of it. Maybe that's it like is. the, the, that marriage of food items is what makes hard pretzels so good for me. Well, but, it's also the salt. They want yeah. you to drink. <laughs> so oh, they yeah, yeah. put peanuts down is because they want you to drink because of the salt. Hey, yeah. don't insult my diet, the beer and peanut diet. <laughs> that's that's fine. That's that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if, if I was worried about health, I wouldn't have been at the bar in the first place. So, hey, I'll drink no. to that. Yeah. Also, uh, I'm a hard pretzel girl. I like to just snack on hard pretzels. Um, whenever I get check checks mix, I always eat everything but the pretzels first and then save the pretzel bits for last because they're the best part. And they have that like black peppery taste to them. Yes. Right? Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. And like, I don't want to slander like soft pretzels. Cause I still think soft pretzels are very good. As I said earlier, but they're more, you know, they're more, they're, they're going to be on my second line. My, my, no, my con- soft uh, look, hard pretzels look. are, they hurt your mouth. They hurt the top <laughs> of your mouth. They're like, Captain Crunch. No pain, no gain, Jay. No pain, no gain. Captain Crunch is actually worth it. 
they do not hurt as bad as Captain Yes, Crunch. they it's do. Like, no, yes, no. they do. If you eat enough of them, they absolutely do. And also, they don't give you enough if you, salt. If you eat the ones bite. that are covered in stuff, they don't hurt your mouth at all because they're the there superior ones. It's hard pretzels covered in stuff, regular hard pretzels in a mix of some sort. Hard pretzels by themselves, soft pretzel related stuff. Yeah, but I've also. I, no, soft you cannot I've put also, soft pretzels beneath all of that. No. <laughs> it is soft pretzels. Soft, soft pretzels with cheese. Then you can put like hard stuff, maybe. And then soft pretzels on their own. But soft pretzels with cheese are easily superior to everything else I in the category. I don't like category. dipping them in cheese. If I was going to tip them in Then you're wrong. <laughs> that's, a, that's an objectively wrong statement. No. No, yes, oh my God. Jake, hey, no. Bro, bro. If you get a really good honey mustard for a for Yeah, a I was going to say, pretzel, honey mustard is the preference. Yeah. I make, so I like buying um, hard pretzels like that are cheese. unsalted and making my own uh, either seasonings or dips. So I'll make my own honey mustard or some kind of like dip and I'll shake them up in it. They're very, they take well to different things, sweet, salty, whatever. Uh, but just really quick to reach back to what we were talking about earlier. I did get a text from my brother saying Captain Shit is at it again. So fuck Jacob Truba. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do not I like bet, that guy. I bet Truba likes soft pretzels. <laughs> I, hey, I, why are we standing? Hey, hey, Betsy, right now you're saying that like, that, he seems like a soft rubber, kind of guy. That rubber he, he is your favorite Taylor Swift album, huh? I think Jacob Truman I can absolutely handle chewing. I can handle chewing when it's worth the, the pain that you're enduring, like Captain oh, Crunch. Stop prime pretzels are not worth that pain. So good. Uh, I think no, Jacob Trubo uh, probably drinks out of the toilet on like on his knees. So, <laughs> he are, is, is he the new is he the new Corey Perry where we just make up facts no, about him? Yeah. No. He's, <laughs> like, he's arguably on track to be worse, which is insane. And like, because, no, I think I feel like Corey Perry actually was like, as much as I despise him, like he actually had some really really good individual seasons. I we're talking yeah, about didn't, Jazz he, Tess, didn't he win playing. a rocket? Yeah, yeah, like he was up there. Yeah, Jacob Truba, I feel like, isn't on the same planet. When he terms- first came into the league, he was pretty good. And I Truba was like, look, look Jacob Truba just, just Jacob Truba's wife is a doctor. He just wants to keep sending. He, he just wants to make sure his 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 wife has uh, has clients. Yeah, you are. Uh, yeah, Corey Perry <laughs> had beating the goals in ten eleven. Yeah, yeah, Corey Perry had a ninety eight point season in twenty ten eleven. Wow. Yeah, but Corey Perry has cooties. Yeah, eh, whatever that him. actually is, he has probably got him from eating soft pretzels. Wow, just the objectively best pretzel. I'm here to tell you, I'm going, I'm going to the grocery store as soon as we are done, and I'm going to go buy some sourdough nibblers because those are the Connor Bedard no. pretzel world. No, they are not. <laughs> yeah, I guarantee you, sourdough nibblers don't have like any salt on them. They, I guarantee they don't have, like, you guys, any salt uh, on them. At least Sunday, because I'm not driving the second night. I guarantee you, I will have some at Blink because I'm going to drink my ass off. Yeah, well, you got you got to have uh, you got to replace the sodium, so that that's good for you. I might have to bring that's Taco science. Bell with me prior to the show. Oof. Yeah, let, let me know how that goes for you. I All will. right, well, I'm glad I I was I wasn't really sure where that food take was going to go, and I'm glad we finally had one where there was a good healthy amount of disagreement because I feel like we had, we had a few of them in a row that was like everyone's like. Oh yeah, yeah, we all agree yeah. that that's great. So if we're good. yelling at each other, it's good content. Exactly. That that's what we're here for. All the all the good content. Um, well, anything? Any final thoughts? Nope. Okay. I just, I didn't know if there's one more uh, pretzel salvo to to be lobs. Soft pretzels are the best pretzels, and I don't care what anybody else says. Everybody else here is wrong. 
Yoga. They're not, big, they're not Vegas fans. They don't know what they're talking about. Okay. They haven't been um, awakened I'll to the reality say, of truth. I'm going to throw a nice pretzel clip in the podcast. Please do. Um, all right. Well, that's going to do it. We, we've run very long. So uh, if you made it all the way to the end, we thank you very much for listening to this episode. And uh, feel free to check out the website. At any point, we're going to start diving deeper into our player uh, individual player recaps. And we've got some prospect updates coming your way. And Betsy's going to say some other not nice things about the Ice Hogs after they probably get swept on Wednesday. So keep an eye at secondcityhockey.com for all of that. The draft lottery is next Monday. We're going to we're efforting some sort of live recording most likely through YouTube or something, but that we'll have details up at the website. So keep an eye on that. Um, we'll try and do something where you can see and hear our collective reaction as the Hawks do or do not win the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. Um, so that should be fun or not fun at all. And then, um, yeah, we'll be back. Uh, that'll probably be our podcast episode for next week. And we'll have a few more lined up to uh, get you through the rest of the season. And we'll uh, keep watching and talking about playoff hockey as well. Uh, I'm on Twitter at DML57. Shepard is at Jehosa's Witness. Mill is at Mill182. Betsy's not on Twitter, but she's at secondcityhockey.com under the name LBR. And secondcityhockey.com is where you can find all of our stuff. And uh, yeah, I think it's gonna, that's going to do it for this episode. So thank you again for listening. And we will talk to you next week live from wherever we are about the draft lottery. Here you go. Free pretzel wagon pretzels for everyone. One bite. And you'll be hooked. Thank you. Gracias. That means thank you, Marge. Ladies and gentlemen, a winner has been chosen for today's giveaway. And the 1997 Pontiac Astro Wagon goes to the fan sitting in seat number 0001C Montgomery Burns. <gasps> yeah! The fans do not like this one bit. And here come the pretzels. No, no, don't do that. You're supposed to be tasting them. Hall of Famer Whitey Ford now on the field, pleading with the crowd for for some kind of sanity. Uh Uh-oh, and a barrage of pretzels now knocking Whitey unconscious. Wow, this is... uh... This is a black day for baseball.